The coronavirus COVID-19 has rapidly changed the way U.S. broker-dealers must conduct business, with states implementing various shelter-in-place at stay-at-home orders, forcing workers remote. On this episode, our first to be remotely recorded, we talked to FINRA's chief legal officer and the head of member supervision to learn what FINRA expects of firms at this time and how firms and FINRA are adapting to the current situation. Welcome to FINRA Unscripted from Hoboken, New Jersey. I'm your host, Caitlin Kiernan. This is our first ever remotely recorded episode due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we've got two guests here with us to discuss the pandemic's impact on FINRA and what is expected of firms at this time. From California, we've got Barry Havlick, Executive Vice President of Member Supervision. And from Virginia, we've got Bob Colby, FINRA's Chief Legal Officer. Barry and Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Caitlin. So this is a crazy time, not just for the U.S., but globally and across all sectors of the economy. Bob, as a history buff, how would you describe the current moment in the history of our financial markets? Well, it's deja vu all over again. It reminds me a lot of 9-11. Also, there's elements of the 08 financial crisis. And frankly, with the markets moving, there's some 87 thrown in. So you've got three different areas of volatility all at one time, which I'm sure makes this particularly unique. Barry, what's FINRA's priority as a regulator right now? Oh, it's really continuing to fulfill our mission, protecting investors in market integrity. That's always going to be our priority. Bob, are there any groups within FINRA that are not fully operational at this time? I don't think there are any groups that are not fully operational. Let me put that positively. I think all groups are operational. Having said that, there are some aspects of what we do that are going slower. For instance, in the arbitration area, we've been postponing all in-person hearings through the end of May, offering Zoom meetings if counsel and claimants and respondents are willing to do it that way. But the arbitration staff, the people that administer departments are still on the job doing what they can. That's great to hear that while we might be adjusting, everyone's still working. Now, I wanted to shift focus to some recent guidance from FINRA. Earlier in March, FINRA published Regulatory Notice 2008 regarding pandemic-related business continuity planning, or BCP. And since then, We've been almost on a daily basis updating an FAQ page with more information. Barry, before we dig into some of the specifics, what's the key takeaway on all this guidance? What are we looking for in terms of firms' business continuity planning? Well, we're really looking for firms to focus on their clients. We want them to make sure that they're adjusting to the current environment and able to serve their clients to the best of their abilities. I'm not sure anybody anticipated the current environment in which we have or across the country. We've got more people working remotely. The level of volatility combined with trying to move workforces remotely, I'm not sure anybody really anticipated that. So we're really expecting firms to adjust to the environment, protect their client assets, serve their clients, and of course, keeping their employees safe. And business continuity planning is required under FINRA Rule 4370. 
Bob, what's the core requirement of the rule and why is business continuity planning a requirement? Business continuity planning is essential for everyone. It's essential to their business. And so when FINRA adopted the rule, it was really just try to make sure that everybody had thought about it and give some overarching parameters to how the firms did the planning. But the rule is essentially a principles-based rule, and it's meant to be designed for the nature of the firm's own business and their relationship with customers. So, Barry, you mentioned that you don't think anyone really anticipated this situation we're in right now. What makes the current situation unique from a business continuity planning perspective? Well, I think a lot of business continuity plans probably anticipated a region being out for a period of time. Pandemics probably considered a portion of their employees being out of pocket. But I'm not sure anybody anticipated, as I said a minute ago, the fact that we would be working remotely, not only across the country, but across the world, there would be a lockdown. And most recently, with India's change, There are firms out there who have relied on India for many back office functions and having to bring that work back to the States, that may not have been contemplated to the degree that they're having to do it today. And bringing that work back at the same time that they're adjusting to their own workers all working remotely. Right. So it seems supervision might be one big area to consider in the current environment. What should firms be thinking about when it comes to that? I think they should continue to think about how they are going to supervise the activities of their reps and their interactions with clients, again, in this current environment. We are going to look to see that firms have been thoughtful about their choices. We understand that, again, this is not a normal situation. They have a myriad of issues to deal with, with the market volatility. I'm sure surveillance reports are off the charts on the volumes that they're hitting. We know that in the fixed income markets, liquidity, there are a whole host of issues that firms are dealing with. So we don't expect perfection across the board, but we do expect them to be thoughtful about their approach, be able to document and articulate why they took the approach they did. We are going to be very reasonable as we look at this, but it's also not a wholesale. All right, there's this current volatility and environment, so we're just not going to do anything. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. In the immediate term, what is required of firms when it comes to implementation of a business continuity plan and communication with FINRA? Well, we do expect them to adjust the business continuity plan to the environment and what's unique to their own firm. We do encourage them to contact the risk monitoring analysts to talk about any challenges or changes that they're making questions they may have if they're struggling with complying with a certain rule, reach out to the risk monitoring analysts. We're trying to collect across the industry where firms are challenged and then working with Bob's group to get relief, if we can, for firms. But the more that they communicate with the risk monitoring analysts, the more we understand the challenges and the more we can help give them guidance. Bob, what are some of the areas of regulatory relief that FINRA and the SEC are working to extend to firms? Yeah, most of the relief is focused on the difficulties that firms have with geography and with printing and timing. So they run a gamut, but where there's a report that's due, 
we've been trying to extend the time that's required for that report. When there's an inspection that would normally be done in person, physically, on location, we're looking to, first of all, clarify when it's really due, and second, if necessary, to provide some relief to that. Turns out there's all sorts of things that are paper-oriented, and where those are required, we've been looking to postpone or delay the requirements. So, for instance, I guess you actually can do fingerprints electronically, or you can do it ink on paper, but both of those require equipment, and it's not distributed out to everybody's home. And so we've worked with the SEC to get relief so that those can be sent in later. Similarly, where our signatures required an actual pen on paper signature, we have been working to get the signatures submitted electronically and get the wet signature collected later. And I know that with more folks working remotely, have there been changes to the need to file a form BR for a branch office for every associated person? And so some of these may be ephemeral branch offices. They may be branch offices as long as we're in quarantine. And so we're not expecting people to report those. And so, Bob, do you expect firms to update the U4 with the new office location of all employees working remotely? No, we don't expect them to update U4s for each of their employees with their new home address or wherever they may be working. Of course, if after all this is over, those employees continue working at home and that becomes their primary location, then that would be the time to update the address. And similarly on Form U4, that's one of those wet signature places. We're going to expect them to collect the signatures later. The financial services industry has been deemed essential in many states that currently have restrictions in place right now. Does that mean individuals in those states have to go to the office or are they allowed to work remotely or telework at this time? They absolutely do not require people to go to the offices. It's meant to be relief so that if there's some reason that firms need to go to their physical locations, they can. We've heard firms talk about the need to gather paper. So mail might be backing up or they may need to do forwarding for the mail. And sometimes the firms don't want trading from home. They want them trading from dispersed backup locations. So those exceptions for essential firms will allow the traders to go to the backup locations. But is that a firm decision, not a state or FINRA? Yes, absolutely. So the Reg Notice 2008, which we'll link to in the show notes, as well as all the FAQs that provide more information on all of this, also noted that there might be increased risk of cyber events with more folks working remotely. There was also a cybersecurity alert that was also just published. Barry, at the highest level, what's the concern here? Well, the concern is that as people are working more remotely, whether they have secure connections, they've implemented, if they're using home networks, patches. And we know in times like this, the scammers are going to come out and take advantage of it. Anyone who is focused on engaging in fraudulent activity, this is a good environment for them, and they're going to try to take advantage of it. That alert is to try to help firms understand as they move more folks remotely, give them some guidance on best practices and things they can do to protect their networks, their firm and customer data. Barry, I'm sure you've heard from a lot of firms recently. How are they responding and adapting to the current situation? I think it's fair to say everybody is struggling. The market volatility combined with the remote work 
across the board is presenting a host of challenges all at once that firms are trying to deal with. So it depends on the firm's business model, the number of employees they have to depend on what their specific challenges are, what type of business, if they're trading, they have a different set of challenges, if they're dealing with retail clients, but they are dealing with a myriad of issues that in other crises might have been a little bit more isolated. Yeah, in another crisis, maybe they'd have one pain point instead of multiple. So what are the biggest pain points that you've heard about? One coming up is really around what's expected as it relates to branch exams and what we expect of them in executing their branch exam program. And what we'll say is we will be reasonable. We expect them to be thoughtful about it. We're a little bit early on in this crisis and that it's evolving every day. We don't know how long it's going to last. But if they had a plan at the beginning of the year, which did not contemplate this crisis, depending upon how long this takes, will depend on how we expect them to adjust their plan. So I would imagine if we're all back to work next week, which we know won't be the case, but if we're all back to the office next week, all right, it's a slight adjustment. We think they could probably continue to execute the plan that they had laid out. If we're all working remotely and locations are shut down for three or four months, I would imagine we would see that they would adjust their plan accordingly. It would be impossible to try to do a full year plan in two thirds of the year. So we will be reasonable and we do expect firms to be monitoring and adjusting to the current environment. And how is your team adjusting right now in terms of routine exams? So at the moment, we've pushed out our schedule. We're not announcing any new exams. We'll revisit this in a few weeks, nor are we requesting documents or information related to open exams. We are focusing our efforts on and trying to make sure that we understand the challenges that firms are engaged in. They're focused on trying to serve their clients, protect their employees. This is one area. If these are routine cycle exams, we can push them off a bit. So we've put a pause on them for now. We, just like I've been asking firms to do, and we would expect firms to, will continue to evaluate the situation and adjust accordingly. Now, we will continue to focus on where we think there's ongoing investor harm, material risk to investors, fraud, any issues related to market integrity, those will continue to be a priority. We will continue to focus and request information from firms. But more routine requests for information, we're trying to give firms more time or pausing and waiting to ask for that information until things normalize a bit. Bob, we don't know how long this is going to go on, but there are some big deadlines coming up. I know a lot of people might be worried about Reg BI. Is FINRA or the SNC talking about any delays in implementation dates? Well, Reg BI, that's a big rule, and it's important to the SEC's regulatory programs. So we have conveyed to the SEC when we've heard questions come up. We don't know what they're going to do about Reg BI. CAT reporting, there has been an extension of time for a CAT reporting by the large firms, and there's talk about the SRO participants in CAT asking for a further extension for different phases of CAT. You know, to the extent that we're requiring responses such as for comment periods or implementations of rules, we're looking to extend those too if they're going to be creating a burden for the firms. And is FINRA considering any additional forms of regulatory relief besides what you've been mentioned earlier? 
every day there's new questions that come up. For instance, there are questions about how the financial responsibility rules will apply if the CARES Act's adopted. And so some of those are the SEC's rules, but we're in constant conversation with them to try to understand and help discuss how those rules will apply to the firms. So it sounds like there's a lot of coordination going on, not just between FINRA and the SEC, but FINRA and other SROs as well. Oh, there's constant communication. There's no shortage of meetings. We're on Zoom day in and day out. And now I've got you here with the podcast on another Zoom meeting. At this point, we can't anticipate when firms are likely to go back to business as usual. But once we do reach a point where people are back in the office and we're back to business, at what point will the regulatory relief no longer be in effect? We don't know that really, but we've said that we'll put out information that will tell people when it's coming to an end. Some of the relief has deadlines itself. They might need to be extended, but overall, we'll come back with a regulatory notice and updating the FAQs if it's clear that the time for relief is over. Well, that was all my questions, but do you have any last thoughts to share with our listeners? I recommend they continue to look at our COVID-19 page. That is where we're updating regulatory guidance and a host of other issues. So I think that's a good resource to look at regularly. We'll link to that in our show notes. But also, if you just go to FINRA.org, it's linked in bright yellow at the top of the page. So you can't miss it. I just add that the firms have been really great about bringing their issues and their questions up. And they should continue to do so as we work through this process. And how should they bring those questions up? What's the best course of action? Well, people are getting to us through lots of routes. They come in through their analysts. They have been talking to our member staff. They've been emailing it in and we'll field it however they want to communicate to us. We welcome any communication they want to share with the risk monitoring analysts. They are here to help and we are here to work together to help the firms understand how to comply in this very fluid situation. Well, Barry and Bob, thanks so much for helping us record our first remote episode. We'd love to hear what listeners thought about the remote episode experience. So you can email us at finraunscripted at finra.org. Until next time. Please note, FINRA podcasts are the sole property of FINRA, and the information provided is for informational and educational purposes only. The content of the podcast does not constitute any FINRA rule or amendment or interpretation to such rules. Compliance with any recommended conduct presented does not mean that a firm or person has complied with the full extent of their obligations under FINRA rules, the rules of any other SRO, or securities laws. This podcast is provided as is. FINRA and its affiliates are not responsible for any human or mechanical errors or omissions. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of FINRA. FINRA.